Today we're starting a new sermon series, Being Married and Raising Kids. So as we get started today, I'm going to show you a picture. And I want to know your reaction to, the, to this picture, right? Because I think there's really basically just one of two, two reactions. When you see this picture, I think some of you may be like, oh my goodness, disgusting, take care of that right now. Some of you may be like, yeah, no, that's just part of life. I'm wondering where you land on that spectrum. Ready? Now, I did not get the reaction I was expecting in the earlier services, so I'm curious about you all here in third service. Who says, disgusting, take care of that right now? (laughs) Do you people not live? (laughs) Not like that. Okay, who says, you know what, no, that's just part of life, deal with it. Who raised your hand for both? Okay. All right. Well, here's, here's what I'd say about a picture like this. And I don't, I don't mean to get so spiritually serious that we miss the point. But I think we need to just maybe gain some perspective here for a moment. You know, a picture like this, this is not something to be embarrassed of. Do you know what this is? This is a blessing. This is a blessing that we could have sinks looking like this. And again, like, I don't mean to like get so spiritually serious that I missed the point here, but I think it's, it's, it's important to gain perspective. There are places all over the globe that would wish their sinks looked like this following a meal. Right? I think sometimes we forget, we lose perspective. This is not to be embarrassed of. This is a blessing, and that's a refrain you're going to hear me use throughout the morning. Don't be conditioned to think this is something to be embarrassed of. Have perspective to know that this is something to be blessed by. Now that's important today as we begin this sermon series called Being Married and Raising Kids. Because I think what happens at times is that we, we read what the Bible tells us. And because we are culturally conditioned, we think this is something to be embarrassed of. Rather than something to be blessed by. So as we read what the, the picture that the Bible paints for a Christian home, I think those who are unaware about how much they've been culturally conditioned, they are immediately offended by what the Bible says. Not realizing that the reason that you're offended is because you've been conditioned by 21st century American culture to think this is offensive when there are plenty of cultures throughout the span of human history that would not be offended by what the Bible has to say here. So, We are going to be spending the next couple weeks looking at a small section from the book of Colossians chapter 3. So if you're going to to be with us for the next few weeks, go ahead and just open to Colossians chapter 3. Put a bookmark there. We're going to look at our full passage today, but then we're going to come back and zero in on one specific passage. Today, we're going to look at what the Bible calls wives to do. Now, just so you know, when we look at this, this passage, we're going to look at wives, husbands, and kids. Oh, that's basically the outline for the next three weeks. Again, this is from the book of Colossians. I encourage you to turn there now. That's on page 1253 if you're using the Bibles that we have provided. And here's, as you're turning there, let me just make a quick note. At Peace Church, we really feel like God has called us to to lean into family ministry in a very unique way. It's one of the things we're going to continue to invest in because we think it's one of the ways that God's called us in our unique calling. And so, As we read today's passage, we're going to do something different. We don't normally do this, but 
but I'm going to ask you to do it um, today. We're actually going to stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to stand in honor of the Lord and in honor of the women who we're, we're going to be talking about today. So would you please stand? So again, we're going to read our passage, then we're going to come back and focus in on our theme verse for today. Would you hear the word of the Lord, Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Let's go back and let's all together read our theme verse for today. Would you read this with me? Uh, Verse 18. Let's put it back up on the screen if you would. Let's just read just the first part there. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. You may have a seat. Let's pray. Father, we just ask this morning as we come before you, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and our minds. Lord, that you would cast off any sort of cultural condition that we may have that, we, that presupposes we think that we know what this passage is talking about. And I would just ask, Lord, that you would ready in us a heart and a mind to receive your true truth as it is revealed here this morning. And Father, I would just pray for my own words. Lord, I pray that I, I do not say anything that is not true to the teaching here. Lord, I pray that you would just burn it away from my mouth before I even speak it. And if it does slip out, Lord, I pray that you would banish it from the memories of people here today. Lord, we only want to sit under what is your truth. And so, Father, I want to pray especially for the women in the house. Lord, I pray that what we talk about today, Lord, they would not be embarrassed by, but they would be blessed by. So, Father, I pray that this today's message would be for your glory, it would be for our joy, and it would be for the good of our neighbor. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Well, I've said it before, whenever we come to a sermon that's kind of close to uh, a, a message like today, I fully recognize that I am the last person our culture wants speaking on women being submissive to their husbands. I'm a white Male evangelical, all right? That's three strikes you're out in our culture, okay? I I get it. But here's what I would say. Like, for us, we we don't think truth is contingent upon who is saying it. That truth is truth no matter who conveys the message. Our, Our culture wants to say that truth is only true if it comes from the right person. We reject that, and we say that truth is in and of itself, no matter who is conveying it. In fact, this is a side note, but even some of the Proverbs we find have their, their, their tracings go back to ancient Egypt. That truth is truth, and it's God's truth, no matter who speaks it. So as we talk about this today, again, I, I'm just going to go ahead and just say, I am hiding behind this thing. I am submitting myself to what is said here. And my prayer is that if you have a problem with anything that is mentioned or talked about today, your problem is not with what I say, but with what Scripture says. So to make sure that we are only hearing what Scripture is hearing, and we're not hearing what our culturally conditioned minds think this is saying. We're going to walk through our passage very slowly here this morning to make sure that we're hearing what the Bible says, not what we think that it says. Sound good? All right, so, first word, wives. 
in this section, when Paul gets, he's, he's going through the book of Colossians, he's writing, to the, he's writing to the church in Colossae, he's talking about what the church is meant to be, he's talking about Christian theology, he talks about the supremacy of Christ, and then he gets to this short little section on the Christian household, and they're short, powerful statements, and he starts off by talking to the wives. In fact, in, in the original language here, the, the, the way this word is written, it's written to the wives. This is not a message for the husbands to go home and teach to their wives. This is a message that the Bible is um, speaking directly to the wives. And this is irregardless of age. It doesn't matter if you're a wife who's 20 years old or a wife who's been married for 60 years. The Bible, wives, is speaking to you right now. Wives, submit to your husbands. There it is. Arguably one of the most offensive things the Bible says to our modern ears. Submit to your husbands. But I'm going to say this, though. This is not to be embarrassed by. This is to be blessed by. I think when we look at a passage like this, okay, our, our culture and our world, they look, at a, they look at a phrase like this, and you know what they think? They you know what they see? They see a sink full of dirty dishes and they say, gross, take care of that. Right? But, but Christians who look at this, right? we don't see a sink full of dirty dishes. We, we don't see something to be embarrassed by. We see something to be blessed by. This passage, as you're going to see through this sermon series, fits within a context, and it's important to know the fuller context. Submit to your husbands. The Greek word here, submit, in the original language is the word Hupotasso. And, and hupotasso is actually itself the combination of two different words. It's the combination of the word for under and the word that meant arrangement or order. So hupotasso is this, this idea that you put yourself under God's design. You put yourself within God's order. Submission does not mean slavery or subjugation. Uh, hupotasso does not mean that a woman should shut up. This is about putting ourselves in the order that God has designed. This word does not mean subjugation or slavery or that a woman should shut up. Nor does this word, hear me so clearly, nor does this word diminish the value of a human. That would be against the teachings of Scripture. See, the Bible teaches that all people, all people, Men, women, Christian, non-Christian, born, unborn, all people are made in the image of God and are therefore worthy of that level of respect. The Bible would never teach people to do something that diminishes their value. God is the author of life. He has given us an order to life. And this does not mean that God's left us in chaos to figure it out for ourselves. He's given us life. Life is his design. He's given us an order that we are to submit ourselves to. And the Christian teaching is that starts in the home. That starts at home. So listen to me. In, in the original language, this word, hupotasso, is written as an imperative. Meaning this is a call that women are to do themselves. You could rightly translate this word, not just submit, but submit yourselves. This is a calling for women to do. This is not a command for men to go home and get their women in order. This is the directive from the Lord to the ladies in the context of a marriage that they signed up for. 
to follow his design for marriage and for family. Wives are to be hupotasso to your husbands. This is so important. The Bible is not saying that any one woman is, is to be submissive to any and all men. This is for the context of marriage that a woman is to be submissive to the husband that she married. A wife is to submit to their husband. But you may be asking me right now, okay, 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 okay. What does this actually look like? Like, How does this play out in real life? Well, to understand that, you have to understand God's design for marriage. A husband and a wife are meant to be one. They are joined together in the name of Christ. The husband, as the Bible teaches, and we're going to look at next week, the husband is to sacrificially love and lead his wife, family, and marriage, while the wife selflessly submits and respects to their husband. They are mutually working together for the good of each other and for the good of their home and for the good of their marriage. This is not a license for a man to dominate over his wife. If there's anything that's going to dominate the Christian home, it should be love and kindness. Husbands and wives are to work together on decisions they make. But when there is an impasse, when a husband and wife come together for a decision and they've talked it through and they've prayed through it and they can't come to an agreement, I do believe that the scripture is pretty clear that the ultimate authority rests with the husband to make the final call, knowing that he is the one who is ultimately accountable before the Lord for that decision. That men don't just get to, well, I get to make the call, I'm the husband. No, you get the responsibility of making the call for which you will be judged before the Lord at the end of days. So that, so that decision better be prayerful and for the good of your family. So for instance, my wife and I the other night, we went to go see a movie. Now, my wife wanted to go see the new James Bond movie. If you know me, I wanted to go see the new Marvel movie. We were at an impasse. Which movie do you think we ended up seeing? James Bond, you better believe it. <laughs> it was pretty good, too. Well, we saw Je- Why? Because I'm submissive to my wife? No. Because I'm a sacrificial leader who loves my wife, and my goal is to, to see her fulfillment and to see her happiness. So it was my joy to sacrificially give up my preference to go and see the movie of her choice. And it was a great choice, we did, and it was wonderful. But you may be sitting here thinking, okay, okay, yeah, 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 that's a very simple Cheesy, fun analogy. What about the really hard decisions? Like, where do you send your kids to school? Or what vehicle to buy? Or how do you save for retirement? Or what about those decisions, Pastor Ryan? Well, again, I just want to model this back. The Bible is clear that husbands and wives are joined together. They are one. They are to work through and talk through and pray through these things together. Mutually come into decision, whereas the husband sacrificially leads and the wife respectfully submits. And if there is an impasse, well, if, if maybe, maybe you need to seek outside help. Just because you get the call doesn't mean that you're the authority, husbands, on every single thing. Maybe it's wise to bring in some outside help to work you through some things, and that's why we have a church around us. But at the end of the day, I do believe that the husband has the authority and the responsibility to make a call knowing the Lord will judge him ultimately, for these decisions. This is not any light matter. And husbands, you're up to bat next week. So, 
as we think about how this actually works out, I think there's a critical phrase in this verse that we all have to understand as we think about what this picture looks like. And it's this phrase, Wives, hupotassos to your own husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Simply put, this is godly submission. Godly submission. This is a godly pursuit. Godly pursuits may call us to be humble, but they are fulfilling. They are a blessing. Godly pursuits are meant for our good. God would not call you to something bad. He only calls us to what is good. And so this calling, ladies, you have to understand, this is for fulfillment and blessing in what is good. And yes, sometimes godly pursuits call us to be selfless. Sometimes godly pursuits are sacrificial. Sometimes godly pursuits are hard. But listen to me clearly. They are never demeaning or belittling. They do not diminish us as people. Godly pursuits always are meant to fill us with honor and truth and standard in our lives. I, I think it's important for me to stop here for a second and uh, acknowledge a couple of things. I have four children, and two of them are daughters. And I'm charged with raising them with my wife. And as I look at my daughters grow, I'm going to tell you this right now. It would be very bad for someone to hurt my daughters. I'm saying this as as G-rated as I possibly can. And if you are a good man who has daughters, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want nothing less than the best for my daughters. And I want them to know that as they grow, and if they grow into the woman that God wants them to be, they will only become more satisfied and fulfilled in their womanhood as they follow God's design for what it means to be a woman rather than the ever-changing tides of progressive culture. I would never get up here and teach something that belittles or diminishes my daughters, but only that which brings them into fulfillment of who God is creating them to be. I want them to know that if they ever come to think that being a woman means being less than a man, then it's because they have allowed the culture around them to warp what a woman is called to be. Listen to me. I believe that a biblically empowered woman is more fulfilled, stronger than any woman who is culturally informed. Godly submission is not a self-deprecating state to be in. A man, a man who submits to godly authority is a good man. He's an honorable man. Submission, as is fitting to the Lord, as is glorifying to the Lord, as is what is in accordance with God's word, submission, as is fitting to the Lord, is meant for our good. And I know that a sermon like this, it's easy to pull quotes out of context and use them against what we're trying to teach here. That's why I want to say to you a couple things. This is not a soundbite. This is a sermon. And this is a sermon that's in the context of a larger sermon series. So I, I highly encourage you if, you, if you don't come back, at least listen to this sermon series on podcasts following so you can hear the full arc of God's picture for the godly home. And if you've listened to my preaching long enough, you've probably heard me say something like this before. The most challenging thing anyone has ever said to me, stronger than any, call out stronger than any rebuke, the the most challenging thing anyone ever said to me came from my wife when she said to me, if you love me, 
like Jesus Christ loves the church, it would be a joy to submit to you. I think that a lot of heartache would be spared in our world if women would only marry men that they want to submit to. If they married godly men who themselves were already submissive to the Lord. And ladies, I know that a man like that is hard to find these days. Which is why we invest so heavily in raising up our young, our young boys to be godly men when they grow up. So as we close up um, this message for today, I want to look at three things that I think spring from this that the Bible is trying to teach our ladies, our wives, and our future wives, and anyone else who wants to honor the role of the wife in the home. First thing is this. Be determined, not devalued or dominated. Paul starts this section on the Christian home by speaking to the wives. It's almost like he knows it's at this point in the sermon that people are not starting to nod off. So he addresses the wives so that they would perk up and nudge their husbands. Like wives. He starts off speaking to the wives. This is for you, ladies. This is your call. This is for you to take ownership of. Don't wait for someone else to follow God's commands for you. You take this call up yourself. The Bible is speaking to you. Be determined to honor the Lord no matter what. And at the same time, recognize this call of submission is not to be devalued or to be dominated by your husband. As we'll learn next week, God has a pretty tall order for men in this context as well. So remember, ladies, you are called to do what is fitting to the Lord. And the Lord, and the Lord would not have you be a slave or subjugated to abuse. If you're in a situation where abuse is a factor, you need to get help, you need to get out. Submission does not mean you have to suffer abuse. And I'll just go ahead and say that those are extreme cases. And those are often the cases where a word like submission is mishandled, um, misinterpreted. But I'll say it again. Submission does not mean subjugation or slavery, that you have to shut up or that you have to suffer abuse. Godly submission is to be a picture of what is beautiful, not a pain you have to endure. The Bible's call is for a man to be united, to join to his wife, not to be domineering over her. Hupotasso, submission, is a piece of the Christian family's holy calling that wives are called to play out and exemplify for their family and for their church and for the community. And ladies, this is something you do with your head held high as you pursue holiness in a home that is mutually submissive to the Lord. I think everyone needs to be reminded of this fact, that if you want to see holiness in this world, it needs to start in the home. If you want to see the culture around you conform more to God's standard, then your home needs to conform to God's standard. But the question is, is, I mean, how does a call like this compete in our culture with memes like this? Well-behaved women rarely make history. Eleanor Roosevelt. Or was it Marilyn Monroe. Come on, ladies, this is your quote. Get it together. Which one, which one was it? It was neither. It was neither. It was actually Laurel Thatcher Ulrich, a Harvard professor, and it wasn't rarely, it was seldom. Well-behaved women seldom make history. 
how does the call to submit, how does that work with our culture saying something like this? Here's what I would say. A sentiment like this is ultimately not helpful for Christian women because hear me, ladies, your call is not to behave. Your call is to be holy. By the way, the most famous woman of all time is also one of the most holy. Her name was Mary. No woman in history has got anything on Mary, the mother of Jesus. Your call is not to behave. It's to be holy. And holiness in the home is when the wife pursues her role and her call in a selfless submission in respect to her husband. And so wives, hear me on this next point. Be biblically empowered, not culturally formed. So many times when someone comes to me, actually I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say it, 100% of the time, when someone comes to me and wants to push back on this call to submit, I will say to them, explain to me what you think submit means or explain to me what you think the Bible means. And 100% of the time, in my interactions, they've always been wrong. They do not understand what the Bible is calling us to. They'll say everything that you would imagine that is wrong, that it's diminishing, that they're a slave, that they're supposed to just shut up. This is never what the Bible calls us to. 100% of the time, So I would say this, be biblically empowered, not formed by the culture. Don't take this and try to interpret this based on what you're hearing from our culture. And the sad truth is is that our young girls, our young girls are clearly being more formed by the culture and what they are seeing on social media than the beautiful image of Scripture. Too many young girls think that they are supposed to become a boy because of what they're seeing online resonates more with them than what they're not seeing in Scripture because they're not reading Scripture. No one is sitting down and walking them through Proverbs 31 where the Bible paints this an incredibly strong and powerful and beautiful picture of this godly and savvy woman. They know what social media wants. They know what the transgender movement wants, but they don't know God's beautiful picture that is so much more for them. So many young girls, especially those in middle school and high school, they look at this image that they're seeing of what they're supposed to be, and they think, I don't look like that. Well, maybe I was born in the wrong body. Right? They're looking at pictures of Barbie dolls and thinking that's what a woman's supposed to be. So let's just take a moment and take this to task. Here's a Barbie doll. Now, if a woman was to, to, to be her own height and fit these proportions, this is what she would look like. That's an alien, people. That's not a human being. That's not healthy. That's not right. It's sad that a girl thinks she's supposed to look like that. Okay, so but to put those proportions in relative to her height, she would have to look like that. I, like, I know this is like comical because it is, it's hilarious, but it's so incredibly sad. Girls are trying to warp their body to be like that, to fit some image out in culture, and because their body doesn't fit that, do you know what they think? Well, I must not be a girl then. I must be a boy. And the culture around says, exactly. And let's celebrate that. And the transgender movement is allowed to go unchecked or unchallenged. And I'm going to tell you right now, any movement that won't submit itself to being checked or challenged doesn't deserve to be a movement. I'm telling you right now, all questions about Christianity are welcome here. 
You can't ask too hard of a question. Check and challenge this movement. Check and challenge what this book has to say. We welcome it. But if you check or try to challenge the transgender movement, you're automatically labeled transphobic. And that is sad that our girls are being led into something like this when God, hear me clearly, please, God is saying to our young girls and to our women, he's saying, you are my daughter. I did not put you in the wrong body. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. And don't you let the culture around you, don't you let social media tell you you're supposed to be something other than who I am making you to be. But we don't teach our girls that. Not enough Christian parents and not enough Christian churches are sitting down and saying to our girls, read Proverbs 31 and tell me a woman is less than a man. We are called to so much more. Too many girls think this is the standard and they can't rise to it and the culture is telling them, well, maybe you're supposed to be something else then. And if you think, if you think I'm controversial right now, uh, I haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> so let me say this. I believe that the Bible is the most empowering book to women in all of history because it outlines for them God's design for womanhood and that is better than the changing tides of progressive culture which is constantly telling girls they're not enough. You're supposed to be a Barbie doll. Oh, no, now you're supposed to be a boy. Oh, now you're supposed to... And this is ever-changing. And the Bible says, you are who I am making you to be. And that's good and that's beautiful. It's sad what our culture is doing to women and especially to our young girls and it's sad that we are allowing it to happen. So rather, our girls are left to pick up culturally warped notions of what the Bible isn't actually saying. They're learning from society and from social media rather than the pages of Scripture. So with that, let me flip this whole notion on its head and say this to our girls who God's calling you to be strong in his image. Be blessed, not embarrassed. Be blessed by this. Don't let the culture say this is something you should be embarrassed of. You be blessed by this. Wives and women, God's call for you is not to be embarrassed. It's to be blessed. At the end of your days, I really want the young girls and the women to hear me on this. At the end of your days, God's not going to say, hey, you, come here. You tell me, were you a misbehaved girl who made history? God is not going to ask you that. He's going to say, were you a godly woman who pursued holiness? And your life now is in prep for how you're going to answer that. Jesus said that he came to give us life, full life, abundant life, that our calling is to have a life that's full. And joy is to be had when we pursue holiness. In our home, when all the pieces are working together, that's a home of fulfillment and joy. As everybody, led by the husband, finds themselves in submission to Christ's headship. So women, don't be embarrassed by this. Be blessed by this. Wives, your call to submit to your husband is how Christian homes model holiness in a world of increasingly unholiness. This is about the testimony that the Christian home brings to the world around us. It's a home of peace and joy and fulfillment and mutual edification. And this happens when we follow God's design. And men, you're up to bat next week. And I'm telling you right now, I know from firsthand experience, 
a podcast works in a deer blind. <laughs> so yes, this is a call to holiness in an unholy world. But when we fall short, men, we will fall short in our submission to Jesus. That I know women will fall short in being submissive to their husband. For all of us, we need to hear this. When we fall short, Jesus fully submits. In all of this, we are meant to look to Jesus. The night, the night before Jesus was to be arrested and tortured and crucified, he knew this was coming. And so what did he do? He got down and prayed. And this was his prayer. And Jesus withdrew from the disciples about a stone's throw away. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This cup that Jesus wanted to remove from him was the cup of God's wrath. It was the cross before him. Jesus asked, if there's a way around this, let it be so. But if not, Lord, I will do your will. When faced with dying for the sins of the world, when faced with being nailed to the cross where his hands and his feet would feel nails tear into his flesh, when faced with taking the wrath of God and having to drink the cup of the wrath of God for the sins of the world so that we wouldn't have to, when Jesus was faced with this, he prayed a prayer of submission. That is powerful. That's our Savior. We can be saved because Jesus fully submitted. He prayed not for his will to be done, but for God's. Jesus fulfills this call to submit when we don't. When we fall short, Jesus does not. He submitted himself to the death that we all deserve. Jesus submitted himself to God so that we might be holy. Wives, this is your model. You submit to godly husbands so that your home might be holy. 